Coming up on Marriage Today with Jimmy and Karen. Not one person feels rejected because of what God's done. It's what people have done. I love people, but you just can't depend on people to love you, even even good people, because they have bad days. Sometimes they go through a difficult time. And when you live your life based on people's love, you're just gonna end up disappointed and scarred up. Rejection makes you reject. I mean, when you've been rejected in the past, it's in, you tend to put up a wall. And I can remember you always saying, you're so defensive, you know, every time you would say something to me. And I'm like, I'm not defensive. And, you know, and... and I'm glad you're finally admitting all this. <laughs> and, but I can remember finally just getting to the point of being so miserable and um, just really crying out to God. know that we've been rejected on some level, but worse still is when you pick up a spirit of rejection. And a spirit of rejection isn't just I've been rejected. A spirit of rejection is I've been deeply wounded and this is now a point of control in my life and something that I deal with every single day and something that's compromising my ability to function. And so let me talk about this for just a minute. Here are four common but unhealthy ways we react to rejection is we talk about being rejected and you say, well, how does that affect people? Well, here's the, here's the way. These are not healthy ways now, but these are common ways that we deal with rejection. Number one is we avoid the risk of rejection. Uh, I've been rejected and I don't want to be rejected again. So no, I'm not going to try. I, I'm not going to give my heart away is I'm not going to try in relationships. I'm not going to befriend people. Many times when we've been hurt, we just simply say, no one's ever going to hurt me again. We make an inner vow. I'm never going to be hurt again. It's very common. I've done it before. But let me say this. God will never use you unless you risk being hurt. I'm not talking about being stupid. I'm not talking about opening your heart to people who are abusive, inherently abusive. I'm just saying all relationships pose risk. And you can't eliminate risk from relationships. Jesus had 12 disciples. One of them turned him in to be killed. And when he came, Jesus called him friend. Jesus did not close his heart to a person that he knew was going to turn him in. And so we can't live eliminating risk from relationships completely, even though we need to be wise. Some people preemptively reject people rather than being rejected. It's the reason for a lot of divorce. A lot of divorce takes place because I'm going to reject you before you can reject me. I want to be your friend. And I'm sitting here, you know, looking at you and sizing you up. And all of a sudden I fear that you're about to reject me. So I'll reject you before you can reject me. That keeps me from being hurt because I was the rejector. Lack of commitment. If I never commit to anything, I'll live with you. I won't marry you. I'll hang around you, but I won't commit to a friendship. If I never commit, I can't be hurt because I didn't give my heart away. Conforming to the environment rather than being myself. We need to be gracious people. We need to be loving people. We do not, never need to be caustic or self-righteous, but I'll say this. When you're a chameleon and you go everywhere you go and just kind of blend into the environment, if there's a liberal discussion going on, you're a liberal. If there's a conservative discussion going on, you're a conservative. If there's this discussion going, you just blend into whatever discussion. Let me say this. We need to be loving and kind, but sometimes you have to express your opinion knowing that you're going to be rejected for it. But when you're Reacting to rejection, many times you conform to your environment rather than taking the risk. 
that I could be rejected. Number two way, not healthy way, but the way that we deal with rejection is anger and aggression. Most of us become more aggressive when we feel rejected. In marriage, when you feel as though your spouse has rejected you, you'll typically become more hostile and aggressive toward them. Number three way that we deal with rejection is hopelessness and despair. It breaks our hearts. It's interesting. And again, this is just research. People who feel rejected, especially chronic rejection, get sick much, much more than people who feel loved. And they die of their diseases much more frequently. They have a much higher mortality rate because they have nothing to live for. When you are loved and you feel loved, you will fight to death to live because it's our most basic instinct and we want to live to be with the people that we love. Let me say this. The devil is the hurt whisperer. And anytime that we go through hurt or trauma, he's always there to speak into that circumstance, a lie into our soul to change the way we make decisions, to change the way we treat people and to keep us from doing what God wants done with our lives. And since your birth, every time you felt rejected, You didn't know it was the devil. He doesn't present himself. He's a serpent. He's stealthy. He wants you to believe it's your voice or it's God's voice. But he slithers up at our moment of pain and rejection and says things like this. You're defective. You're ugly. You're unlovable. You'll never be loved. Get used to it. God doesn't love you. People are just treating you this way because that's the way God feels about you. You'll never be loved. You'll never be accepted. Get used to it. And he does it to break our hearts. And he does it to implant within us a spirit of rejection that through that spirit, he can control us the rest of our lives because he's got our mind. He's got a stronghold now in our mind where we're convinced we're defective and unlovable and we can never be accepted by anyone. And so he's going to use that as a point of control. Number four way that we respond to rejection is being overly sensitive to rejection and overly dependent upon the approval and acceptance of others. Let me say this. People who carry a spirit of rejection are the most offendable people on earth. You can offend them more than anybody else on earth because they're just really, really sensitive to every single thing that's said and done. You're also overly dependent on the approval of other people. You become a people pleaser, a chameleon. You'll do anything to, to please other people. You perform for the approval of other people to an unhealthy degree. And the worst of all is compromising our morals and standards in order not to be rejected. When when I grew up as a kid, um, I had bad friends and I did bad things. So many times when I was doing bad things as a child, getting drunk, being immoral, doing awful things, I remember thinking to myself, I really don't want to do this, but I'm afraid of what my friends will do if I tell them no. Peer pressure and the fear of rejection caused me to compromise my morals so much. And we can do it as adults. We really don't want to do the things we're doing. We really don't like the things that we're saying. But we're afraid of what will happen if we stand up for what we believe in. And we really are ourselves. Avoidance of risk, anger and aggression, hopelessness and despair, and being overly sensitive and overly dependent. That's the way that most of us deal with rejection in one or more of those ways. Let me talk about how to overcome rejection. So if you're, if you're going to overcome it and not be defined for the rest of your life by rejection, what has happened to you or what's going to happen to you, well, how do you do that? Number one, base your life on God's perfect love 
and what God's word has to say about you. Don't be controlled by people. Base your life on God's word. Hebrews 13 says this, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Let me say this. Not one person feels rejected because of what God's done. It's what people have done. I love people. But you just can't depend on people to love you, even, even good people, because they have bad days. Sometimes they go through a difficult time. And when you live your life based on people's love, you're just going to end up disappointed and scarred up. But God says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. This is, there's two, two statements there. Physically, he will never leave, but emotionally, he'll never turn his heart away from us. There'll never be a moment for the rest of your life that God isn't emotionally connected to you and thinking about you. There'll never be a moment in eternity that God leaves you physically. I mean, it's a wonderful thing to know that our God is absolutely committed. It doesn't matter how bad of a day we have. On our worst day, he's our best friend. When no one else is there, he's still there. When he says never, he means never. I know a lot of people have told us that they would never leave and then they left. When we lost our looks or our money or couldn't give them what they wanted, they left. They said they were committed, but bad times define commitment, not good times. Words don't define commitment. Trouble defines commitment. If you're still standing on the other side, you're committed. God says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. God's love heals a spirit of rejection. Perfect love casts out fear. That's why the Bible says it. Number two. Way to overcome rejection. Pursue relationships with fellow believers who are pursuing God in healthy relationships. Now, I lost all of my friends the day that I, I received Christ. And, and I want to say a couple of things here. Nobody's perfect and Christians are not perfect. But Christians are different. I can tell you that right now. Um, and I want to say this and I want you to listen to me. If your closest relationships are with worldly people, you're going to get your heart broken. Because worldly people love because of the way you look, because of money or position, or because of what you can do for them. And when you lose your looks, you lose your money, your position or what you can do for them, they're gone, they're history. If you have friends, your closest friends or people with poor values, get ready for disappointment. But here's the issue with Christian friends, and this is Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times and the brother is born for adversity. And here's what I have found about Christian friends. Maybe not every Christian friend. Some Christian friends are still dealing with worldliness in their lives. But here's what I have found with the friends I have. When you're struggling, they don't run away. They show up. They have a different value system. You can count on Christian friends more than anybody else not to reject you. They may challenge you. They may stand up to you to keep you from hurting yourself or when you're in sin or doing something wrong, but they're faithful. And those two issues of value system and faithfulness will define the rest of your lives. It's one thing to be rejected. It's another thing to set myself up for rejection. And when you're closest friends, we ought to love everybody. We ought to be friends with people. But our closest friends should be people that we choose very carefully or we're going to end up rejected. Number three, Expect rejection. Don't take it so personally. You're just going to get rejected sometimes. 
Jesus says in Luke 6, 22, blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and revile you and cast out your name as evil for the son of man's sake. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Have you ever done that? Somebody excludes you or begins to talk about you that you're evil or they reject you and you just jump up in the air and just leap for joy. That's what Jesus said to do. That's not what we do, is it? We just cry and hurt. No, they're talking bad about me and all that stuff. Listen, let me interpret this verse for you. Okay, let me give you the King Jimmy version real quick. (laughs) If you understood the reward for standing up for your faith, you would jump up for joy every time you do it and someone rejects you. If you understood what God will do for you, if you stand up for him, you wouldn't be a coward anymore. You'd be brave and you'd stand up and be willing to be rejected for your Lord. Jesus said, when they exclude you, when they reject you, you jump up for joy because your reward in heaven is great. You leap for joy and we ought to be gracious and we ought to be kind, but I'll just tell you, I'm against killing babies in their mother's wombs. I'm against the immorality in the world today. I'm against the rebellion in schools today and the way that children are treating their parents. I'm against many things that are going on right now. And I believe the word of God is the infallible word from heaven that we ought to live our lives by. I believe that. And because of that, I'm going to get rejected. So be it. I've settled it in my heart. I'm going to be rejected. Number four. This is the last one. Forgive those who reject you and give them God's love and acceptance in return. Don't respond in kind. Luke 6, Jesus, I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also. From him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you. And for him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them. Listen, you know you're being controlled by a spirit of rejection when you can't love a person beyond the way they're treating you. I'm going to treat you just the way that you're treating me. Tip for tap. Exactly the way that you're treating me, I'm going to respond in kind. You're nice to me. I'm nice to you. You're mean to me. Well, so does your mama. You better watch it. That just, that just shows you how weak in spirit we are. Let me say this. When God's love is flowing on the inside of you, you can rise above your circumstances. You can smile when they're frowning. You can love when they're hating. You can bless while they're cursing. And you've overcome a spirit of rejection when you can love. And Jesus said, the way you want people to treat you, you treat them the same way. And some of the most unloving people in the world, all they need is for someone to love them. And we can only do that if we're operating by a better spirit. Well, this program today is, is on the overcoming life, but on overcoming rejection. I believe, you know, as I said in the teaching, that love is our greatest need. And rejection really is our greatest fear and our greatest wound in life. I mean, we just, no one wants to be rejected. And we have some questions from viewers. I'm going to ask the first one, actually, Karen, because this has to do with, with you. Hmm. Uh, because uh, this question says, I've heard you mention that Karen had low self-esteem and didn't feel God's love, especially when the marriage was bad. Uh, I have felt rejected too. Can Karen share how she dealt with the issues? Well, I can remember just um, feeling like I was never good enough. You know, like I could never measure up to really what 
um, just as a person, much less your wife. And it seemed like everything you said, you know, I felt condemned. You know, and it's not like you were meaning to, to do that, but it's just certain words were triggered within me that made me feel remembering that you're just not good enough, you aren't smart enough, you're not pretty enough, and and um, it does. And, and rejection makes you reject. I mean, when you've been rejected in your past, it's in, you tend to put up a wall. And I can remember you always saying, you're so defensive, you know, every time you would say something to me. And I was like, I'm not defensive. And, you know, and... and I'm glad you're finally admitting all this. <laughs> and, but I can remember finally just getting to the point of being so miserable and um, just really crying out to God. And I just thought, you know, if if it's true about God, you know, if it's really true, you know, I, I maybe He can help me. And I just remember reading the, starting reading the scriptures and just how reading the Word of God just began to slowly change me and how um, it, it, it just, transformed you. Oh, it did. Mm-hmm. But it was a slow process. It wasn't instant. And, you know, but I remember one time we had a fight after I had started reading the Bible. And I remember thinking my reaction wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. It was like I didn't feel like I needed to go back in the bedroom and cry my eyes out. You know, it was like I felt like I did have worth. And I remember the first time I ever stood up to you when you were uh, getting on to me. And I said, you know, it's the very first time I ever stood, stood up to you. I'll never forget it. And I, it's because I realized I do have value, you know, and I don't want to be treated badly. Well, you know, the, when you don't feel like God loves you, the rejection of people is even worse. Mm-hmm. And when you do know that God loves you, the rejection of people, it, it still hurts, but it's not as bad. Mm-hmm. And the more that you began to understand God's love, you did respond to me differently. I remember it. And you began to stand up to me, which was a healthy thing. Yeah. You know, we, well, we had I think a dysfunctional all, And I marriage. think all of that comes from deep pain. I mean, anytime yeah. you see rejection uh, that's being played out in a marriage, or in, it's, it, it, you can always go back to a source of pain. That something was really hurtful and just, you know, it just triggers those points. You've got a question there, too. I do. My husband says that I sometimes reject him sexually. What do I do? It's hard to have sex with him because we aren't emotionally connected. Uh, th- this is a question that really does represent, I know, what a lot of couples go through. And so he feels sexually rejected by her. He's obviously coming on to her sexually, mm-hmm. and she, she says she doesn't want to have sex. Mm-hmm because they're not emotionally connected. This really is a catch-22. She asked the question now, so I'm going to talk to her, and I'm kind of talking to women in general. But um, men open up emotionally to their wives through sex. Okay, So a wife that is wanting her husband to be more emotionally connected, sex is a way that he becomes emotionally connected. Let me talk about a couple of chemicals Mm -hmm. that are released during sex. And one is vasopressin, and the other one is oxytocin. And vasopressin is a a hormone that Mm -hmm. is released that causes us to bond. Mm -hmm. And it causes us to be less attracted to the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. And oxytocin is a hormone that is released that is called the cuddle hormone. This is the hormone that's released when women give childbirth that causes them to bond to their Mm -hmm. child. And when a man and a woman are making love, Mm -hmm. these chemicals are released in our bodies and it causes a man to bond to his wife and it causes him to find other women less attractive. Mm-hmm. So so this woman is saying, I'm not going to give him sex because he's not emotionally connected. It's, it's a vicious cycle. What helps him to connect to you is you coming into his world. He has a sex world. Is to come into his world, to meet his need for sex. Mm-hmm. In the process of having sex, 
he bonds, but he also becomes more emotionally connected. Mm -hmm. And so you also, uh, women also have needs. And so a woman is asking this question, so I'm, I'm answering it from that perspective. Right. But this guy also needs to come into his wife's world mm -hmm. and to meet her needs. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now we're going to come back to these questions, Karen, in just a minute. Okay. I know you've got another question there to ask. And let me say, you know, rejection is a big issue, and, and these are huge issues in marriage, obviously. Our program here, we hope it's a blessing to you, but we have a group of people that help support our ministry. They really are the financial backbone of this ministry, and they're our rock-solid partners. We have thousands of people across America who support us monthly, and for that, they get a special resource that comes to them every single month, and it's continuing education for their marriage. In fact, there's more than just that that we offer our partners. We have several several different levels of partnership. We want to help to have continuing education for you in your marriage every single month as you partner with us, but also for you to know when you partner with Karen and me here at Marriage Today, you're helping other people to succeed in marriage. You're helping people to stay together and children to stay together with their parents. We want you to become a partner with us here at Marriage Today, and here's how you can do that. Welcome back. We're talking about the issue of rejection. You know, overcoming rejection is something that obviously all of us have experienced. And we have some questions from our viewers that we're answering. That's right. And um, this one, it says, my in-laws reject me because I'm not the kind of man they would have chosen for their daughter. My mother-in-law even said to my face that she would never marry someone like me. How do I handle my in-laws and keep peace with my wife? Well, that, that's, that's terrible. And let me talk about the principle of protection. Okay, it's uh, within laws in marriage, I can't protect myself against your parents, and you can't protect yourself against my exactly. parents. Exactly. There has to be a principle that simply says, I left my mom and dad, I still honor my mom and dad, mm -hmm. but I have to leave to cleave. Mm -hmm. That's what the Bible says. I have, to, I have to prioritize you above my family. Okay, I still love my family, but if push comes to shove, Mm -hmm. And they're disrespecting you. Mm -hmm. And and that's more than disrespect. Is then I will stand my parents down in a loving way and say, Mom and Dad, that's not appropriate. And I don't mm -hmm. want you to talk to my husband like that. Okay. It is her responsibility to stand up to her parents on his behalf. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's very difficult for him to do it. He should be respectful. Yes. Uh, and I think if that's their attitude that he would limit his time around them, because obviously you don't want to put yourself in a in a circumstance that's, that's hurtful. But that's inappropriate for those, for them to express it in that way. Well, and I think, you know, you and I both suffered kind of through that, just, you know, a yeah. little well, bit. Well, yeah, let me say, <laughs> Karen, now, Karen's parents were dear friends today, and they're yeah. different people. When we were dating, they brought guys over to meet Karen while I was there. <laughs> and so it was, I was obviously not their to say they didn't want me dating him. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I've been there, done that. But Karen was so precious back then. Because you, you took my side. Mm. I would just say you have to limit your time mm -hmm. around your in-laws. Pray for them. Respect them and everything you do. Do in love. This wife, it, your, your spouse cannot defend themselves against your parents. It is your responsibility to lovingly mm -hmm. stand your parents down when they cross the line and they begin to disrespect your spouse. That's good. Well, uh, we hope that this program today has, has been helpful. You know, rejection is, is devastating. But can I tell you something? The Bible says that he who comes to Jesus, he will never reject. Isn't it wonderful to know that God God tells us, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. Regardless of what people have done to you in life, you have a God mm 
that will never reject you. And his love really is the best way to heal from rejection and the best way to deal with rejection in life. We hope that this program has been a blessing to you. We'll see you next time. God bless you.